world champion in the world because because uh, of your of your size. You are the big guys are bigger and and better than a small guy. You have a guy 160 pounds can't fight a guy 260. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not gonna happen. He get killed. But anyway, they're not exciting, and that's one of the problems with the heavyweight division today. Is that they don't have an American heavyweight champion. That's what they need, or a Canadian heavyweight champion. Somebody from the West. Somebody who fights in Vegas. Somebody's on TV. Somebody who's exposed. Someone who you can follow. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that right now. So you have these other guys. Uh, from the Ukraine, and it's a kind of the, the kind of like a mystery fighter, you know? <laughs> and people don't really tune into it. So it's easier for, I think, in that climate too, it's easier for MMA to survive. It's easier for uh, MMA to uh, exist alongside with boxing, especially when uh, the heavyweight division is somewhat lackluster today. Yeah. All right. Now let's uh, talk about uh, your fight against drugs campaign. Uh, th- this is obviously an issue that really hits home for you. Uh, I'm always kind of skeptical when I see former athletes get involved in something like this, but this is obviously uh, you know uh, an issue that is, is really deep down you know affects uh, your soul as you've uh, uh, you have lost family members to addiction. Um, if you don't mind, can you uh, just uh, briefly share us uh, the, the story of your loss, if you don't mind? Well, I was I was married. I had a wife. And I had five kids, and seven of us in the family. But I lost three sons. I lost my wife. So just uh, my oldest son, my only daughter, uh, and myself around mm-hmm. f- from the family that way. So uh, I've been deeply affected. And, uh, of course, I always say what happened to my family shouldn't happen to anyone's family. And that's why I do go around the country speaking to young people uh, about drugs, about the the dangers of, of, of taking drugs, the dangers of even smoking cigarettes, which can lead to, you know, which makes it easier for a person today to do other things. Because when you once you smoke, you 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 it means that you disrespected your body because, and you're aware of this, uh, you are aware of what can happen to your body today when you smoke a cigarette. You hear about it all the time: mm-hmm. cancer, strokes, lung disease, emphysema, all all those things that can happen to you when you smoke. So when you know, when you read it, uh, a cigarette package and get see the stern warnings on there from Health Canada and what it can do to you, that and you still do it in spite of it, you know that you are, you, you have to know that you're disrespecting yourself. And once you disrespect yourself in one area, it's a whole lot easier to disrespect yourself in another area. If you go to a party one night, I would say to the kids at school, 10 of you go to, ten of you go to the party one night, five smoke, five don't. Alcohol is served at the party. Which group of you would be more apt to try the alcohol? The mm-hmm. smokers or the non-smokers? I would say, in your natural mind, in your right from wrong mind, in your common sense mind, you know that it's the smoker. <laughs> you know, it's the smoker that's uh, more, more apt to try the alcohol. And once you had a couple of drinks at a party, and, a, and someone serves you a joint, more, more easy to try the joint. If you already had a couple of drinks, easy to try the joint. If you already smoked tobacco. Step from smoking tobacco to smoking a joint, not that dramatic. And then mm-hmm. they can go on to the harder stuff, and they go on to pills and to, and to uh, you know like ecstasy and stuff like that, prescription mm-hmm. drugs, and, and then they can go into crack, coke, or, or heroin. And people don't start out by doing crack, coke, or heroin. They go through the preliminary steps, and right. more often than not, it starts out with a simple cigarette. So mm-hmm. we'll talk a lot about that. Talk about how important education is to one's life, how important it is to your future, how how much better you feel about yourself and your health and your sense of self-esteem when you do well in school because even if you're only 14 or 15 you know when you do well in school that somehow you're guaranteeing yourself a chance at a bountiful future but if you do poorly in school you can't feel good about yourself if you don't feel good about yourself you can't feel happy 
And if you don't feel happy, it's easier to get pulled off track. The happier you are, the easier it is for you to make the right decisions in life. The unhappier you are, the easier it is for you to get pulled off track right. to make imprudent decisions in your life. So oh. I talk a lot about being happy. I talk a lot about loving your family, how important it is to be a loving member of, uh, of a loving family. I always talk about simple things like respecting your mother and your father, as it says in the in the Ten Commandments, honor thy father and thy mother. And when a young person does honor their father and their mother, they respect their mother and father. And, and out of that honor and respect uh, for them, they end up honoring and respecting themselves in terms of making the right decisions in life, I think. Uh, and that sense of of being close to your parents uh, makes it easier for you to make the right decisions a lot of times in life. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier for you to think to yourself, I want my parents to be proud of me. I want my parents to be extra proud of me. I want I want to. I want to show you what I, I can be. Do I can do the right things in life and do and be the right, be the uh, right example one day for my own children you know, as they grow up. As we all are, as we all are examples uh, uh, for our children, our first examples for our children. And uh, it's important to to be close to your family. It's supposed to. It's it's it, it's the right thing to be close to your mother and your father. It's the right thing for a parent to be close to their kids. And when you, and when, you, when parents show love and, and the kids show love to the parents when they hug and kiss each other each every day, they have that sense of that bond makes it easier for them to connect, easier for them to communicate with their parents. It makes it easier for, for parents to communicate with the children, mm-hmm. easier for the the parents to to um, because of that honor and respect, easier for them to talk to the young people about making the right decisions in life, about staying in school, formulating good enough work habits to get out school into high school into post-secondary education all those things and when you when you show respect and love to your parents each and every day it's kind of like praying to god each and every day when you when you confirm and reconfirm your faith in god and your, and your love of god it's the same thing with your parents when you when you show respect to your parents when you hug and kiss your parents each and every day you show them respect you show them love and you do that each and every day Mm-hmm. And as you do it, you just reconfirm every day that you do care for them and that they care for you, and it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel healthy about yourself. It makes when you have that kind of love and respect, it's easier for you to carry it out in the community. When you see a young person on a bus giving his or her seat to an older person, then you know that person earned that in the right place at home. Right. You know, a lot of things start at home. And uh, and one of the things is, is respect. And when you have respect at home, it's easier to have it out in the general community. It's easier to have it for yourself when you have it at home. Easier for you to make the right decisions at the most important time in your lives as a teenager. What would you say now to any parents out there who are watching their children struggle with addiction? Well, I, I, I think that uh, a lot of, there's a, in schools, there are um, there are places. Usually, there's the, the, the counselor. There's counselors in the school that can direct a young person into a into a program, into uh, either a rehab or they have uh, places where the kids get together after school and they have kind of they have a kind of a work policy where they 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 try to take care of problems with kids with with uh, drugs. Uh, and if it's if it's not there, they could also go into a, into a rehab, and where they be as a kind of an outpatient, 
and they have hospitals with that kind of a program. There's, it varies in school, you know, from school to school or from city to city, but there are places where kids can go. Or you, they can talk to the police, and they'll, they'll, they will help you. They can talk to counselors at school, and most schools will have a, a place to send kids to get help if they need help, but they have to ask for it. Right. How can people listening at home get involved with the Fight Against Drugs campaign? Well, if uh, if you want to get involved, uh, I'm not sure how you mean by getting involved. You mean if you want to you know, find out about us, you can call uh, you can call uh, um, Fight Against Drugs or Google Fight Against Drugs, all one word, Fight Against Drugs, three words into one. Yeah, uh, fightagainstdrugs.ca uh, is the website, CA. right? I, I I'm sorry, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, fight against drugs. Uh, yeah. .ca. Okay, excellent. George, uh, thank you so much for appearing on the program. Uh, you're a legend, a uh, true inspiration to us all, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with us here today. Okay, nice talking to you. Take care. And take care of yourself, George. All right, we'll be back to wrap things up over on In the Cage with Bards right after this. A video of the incident is posted on YouTube. Until now, Canada's internet has been an open network and a level playing field for free speech and innovation. All that is under threat. A handful of companies want to limit what you can access on the internet. In May, SaveOurNet.ca led a successful campaign pushing net neutrality to the top of the Liberal Party website. Now, both the New Democratic Party and the Liberals have official policies supporting net neutrality. In addition to that, the CRTC has recently issued new rules intending to prevent the actions of some internet service providers from limiting certain types of traffic and content on the web. But the battle does not end there. To tell the government that net neutrality is a vital part of our democratic society, and for more information, visit www.saveournet.ca. This message is brought to you by SaveOurNet.ca and CITR 101.9 FM. Welcome back to In the Cage with Bards on 101.9 CITR-FM. Thanks again to George Cheval for stopping by the program today. Uh, always a pleasure to have someone of that magnitude on the program. And uh, I had a lot more to talk about on the UFC fight for the troops, but uh, hey, I'm not going to tell the champ to be quiet. The biggest news out of that, uh, Thamesford, Ontario's own Mark Hominick. Uh, he is now the number one contender in the UFC featherweight division and will be fighting Jose Aldo April 30th at the Sky Dome. I know it's Robert's Rogers Center now or whatever it's called, but it'll always be Sky Dome to me. He absolutely blitzed George Roop with a first-round TKO and uh, came out of the fight without a scratch and, as per Dana White's instructions, will be fighting the champ April 30th. The main event saw Melvin Gallard full, up, full off a uh, first-round TKO of his own as he upset Evan Dunham and uh, moved up in his quest to go undefeated in 2011 and challenge for the 155 title near the end of the year. In heavyweight scrap, uh, Matt Mitrione took out Canadian Tim Haig via first-round TKO. Mitrione looked great, uh, had really improved stand-up. Uh, all the work with Duke Rufus is really paying off. Also in the heavyweight division, Pat Barry defeated Joey Beltran by a unanimous decision. Uh, Barry really didn't look as well as he might, but he was able to annihilate Beltran with leg kicks. Uh, Beltran was not able to uh, uh, <clears throat> have an answer for his pressure on that respect. And in a lightweight barn burner, Matt Wyman proved that altitude training does work as he absolutely just dominated Cole Miller with ground and pound, kept Miller on his back and on the defensive throughout the fight en route to unanimous decision victory that way. On the undercard, which was streamed live on Facebook, uh, the highlight there was Eve Edwards, uh, 
The former uncrowned king of the 155-pound division defeated the affable Alaskan upstart Cody McKenzie via submission in a rear naked choke in round two. Uh, McKenzie came out with a lot of guts and a lot of heart, but unfortunately there's no substitute for experience as Edwards was able to pull that one out. And former WEC featherweight champion Mike Brown, unfortunately not able to hold off Ronnie Yaya, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu ace, was all over him like a spider the entire fight and managed to hold Brown down and take unanimous decision victory that way. And this Saturday, don't forget that Strike Force is uh, holding a card live on Showtime in the States and also for anyone willing to pirate it up here. Guess which group I fall into. <laughs> uh, the card is headlined with Nick Diaz taking on uh, Evangelista Cyborg Santos, uh, best known for being married to Christine Cyborg Santos, who is the Strike Force women's champion. Uh, Diaz looks to have all the edge in this one on paper. Uh, Santos uh, hasn't exactly had a, a great run lately, but uh, even though he's only one-on-one in the Strike Force promotion, gets the title shot, while Diaz will continue to negotiate with Jason Mayhem Miller for their grudge match. The middleweight title also on the line, Renato Jacare Souza taking on ruthless Robbie Lawler in a classic grappler versus striker matchup. Lawler says he's going to force Souza to stand. We'll see how that goes. That'd obviously be the worst, uh, <laughs> worst choice in the world for Jacare, but we'll see what Lawler, the Militich-trained fighter, and now out of the hit squad with Matt Hughes in Illinois can do there. Also... NFL former superstar Herschel Walker will uh, step back in the cage, uh, former Taekwondo black belt, also done some uh, Muay Thai training and now training at American Kickboxing Academy out of San Jose. He's taking the sport seriously. You got to give him up, uh, give him props for that. Uh, he'll be taking on Scott Carson. Not a lot known about Carson other than he's being brought in to make sure that uh, Walker and the fans have a happy ending. And also the latest Gracie to enter the cage, Hodger Gracie with uh, victories over Kevin Randleman and Ron Waterman, among others, takes on the tough-as-nails South African Trevor Prangley. Prangley coming off, of course, that win over Keith Jardine in a shark fights. Uh, Gracie's toughest test yet, and uh, I don't know, that's a, this one has got a sleeper uh, quality to it. Could be a fight-of-the-night candidate. And that's about it for me. I want to thank George Chavallo again for stopping by. going to take you out now on... Uh, uh, a song that uh, Mike Brown did enter the cage to this weekend. Didn't work out for him well. The song is Simple Man by Skinner. Maybe he should have been a little more complicated in his attack. Nonetheless, I'll see you next week. And the bell has sounded.
about sports. Wondered why grapes come in bunches? Tired of living in despair? Hi, I'm John Pippis, a Vancouver singer-songwriter with a band. Cool, eh? But wait, there's more. We're part of a triple bill playing on Saturday, February 12th, at the Billy Bishop Legion at Kitts Point. Here's the lineup: Parma White, Satori Tide, and me, along with my band. For beer lovers, we've got a 375 beer special. In honor of Valentine's Day, we've got a poet, comedian, an art display, slow dance contest, and the bartender is offering a love potion for only $4.25. Advanced tickets available at Zulu Records on 4th Avenue, only $10. $12 at the door, it's not sold out. So grab your special honey and come on down to the Billy. Thanks a bunch. Sponsored in part by vanmusic.ca and CITO.
Liveband.com is Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar. New shows are added daily by the city's most active promoters, musicians, and by the driving force of the music scene, the fans. Liveband.com's listings are different because they are integrated with profiles updated by bands and business owners as they promote upcoming events. Check out the archives to see how closely we've worked within the community to put on the shows you love. Visit LiveMusicVancouver.com for the latest independent and major label event listings. LiveVan.com, Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar. CITR, Beatroot Magazine, and AMS Events are proud to present two amazing shows at the Biltmore. February 5th, come see The Blow with Sunny and the Sunsets. This is an early show with doors at 8 and curfew at 11. February 8th, check out Vancouver's Teen Days with Yip Deceiver and Sugar and Gold, both of which are side projects for members of Of Montreal. This is another early show with doors at 8 and curfew at 11. Advanced tickets for both shows are available from Zulu, Red Cat, and The Biltmore. chaos going on here. Uh, welcome everybody to Thunderbird Eye. Uh, I am Daryl Wiener. Wilson Wong could not be here uh, this week. We apologize for the late start, but of course, um, George Chevallo on before um, with uh, in the ring with Bards, and you can't really, you know, give him a little extra time for that one. Anyways, let's just get going on with the show right now. Lots to get into. Um, UBC Thunderbird men's hockey goalie who backed up the San Jose Sharks. Did you guys hear about this one? Jordan White. Um, caught up with him a little earlier on in the day. So he's going to be with us. Um, if we have time, we'll have Randy Norris, assistant coach for the UBC men's basketball team. But I don't think we will today. But we'll get into all other stuff that happened with UBC. But... Okay, now the microphones are on. Oh. <laughs> now, now you're on. Now you're on. We have with us um, a big event. It's been such a very strong program here at UBC over the years. We're, of course, talking about the swimming programs. As the UBC Thunderbird men and swimming teams are going to be hosting the Canada West Final Four this weekend. Right? Oh, yeah. But it's not Final Four. It's... Oh, Championship. Uh, that yeah, came conference. out wrong. I apologize. <laughs> uh, Canada West Championships are going to be here on campus this weekend. Now, we have with us, um, you have a famous sister. Oh, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> you have a famous sister. She's been on this show a couple times. I think so, yeah. Yeah, she's been here. Very nice. Very nice. Hannah Pierce. Yes. Hannah Pierce is with us. Of course, your sister, Anna May. We don't have to say her name again, though. Okay? <laughs> we're just, you know, just throw it out there, and we're done. Um, thank you very much for coming on. No problem. And you you, you guys, I apologize for not knowing your names, but I wasn't told you were coming on. Oh, so yeah. I, I got to be giving a little slack here. Kelly Aspinall. Cool. I'm Sam Acton, the surprise mystery guest. We're going without the headset. Yeah. Sitting on the chair above the microphone. Yeah. Cool. He's kind of a rock star, this one. <laughs> Is he a rock star? Oh, yeah. X-Dino. What, what's that? X-Dino. X-Dino. Both oh. of them X-Dinos. Okay, now, well, let's just jump into that. So, UBC, I think in the, the women, did you guys win it last year? Were you in the, uh, we won Can West last but year. But not yeah. nationals. No. 
So the streak, that got to 11? Yeah, we made it to 11. And so the, ma- the men got to 10, mm-hmm. right? And it was Calgary who was overtaken. We were on the team that beat well, them. them <laughs> the uh, Dino team. There you go. The, the Dino Stee. So, so when, you don't like to hear that, Anna. No, hey? no, so no. when did this happen, though? When did Calgary start to overtake, or the last few years, uh, overtake UBC? So Calgary win the Nationals last two years? Is that what happened? Yep. When did this, and the, the women, they won it last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when did this happen? Calgary. Uh, when I used to be a dino, we won it uh, my first year. <laughs> and then I just transferred over to UBC, and they've continued to have a strong program. And uh, right now, they're the team to beat. What happened? Uh, yeah, well, I guess uh, me and Kelly were rookies in the 2007 season. And in our rookie season, we ended the uh, T-Birds 10-year run. Uh, Calgary was the national champion that time for the first time in I don't know how long, like 40 years or something. And uh, we went there a second year. We actually lost in our second year to UBC. UBC took it back. And then uh, some things happened. There was sort of a mass exodus of swimmers in Calgary leaving the program for UBC, and there's about three or four of us here now. And uh, Calgary's still got a strong team, though. They're still the best team in the country. But... uh, bunch of former dinos are hoping to take it back from them this year what, what was it like though two years ago to because ubc it was 10 men's national championships in a row just a giant number what was it like for your, that calgary team to knock that off uh we were rook bags so we didn't really know <laughs> what was going on but everyone was pretty excited we were pretty excited um i think we understood a bit more the second year and it hurt a lot to lose to ubc and now being a t-bird it's gonna be that much sweeter when we get it back what brought you here uh, great program. World yeah. record holders, world champions. Like her sister. Yeah, like her sister. <laughs> That's her name. But, yeah, basically the fastest people in the world right now are training at UBC. A lot of people don't know that. Cool. And um, Aunt Hannah, Hannah, mm-hmm. what was it like the women, uh, 11 in a row, ended last year? Um, well, it actually ended two, two, years, two, years, two ago. years ago now. I'm sorry, um, yeah. It was absolutely amazing. I was... My very my first year, my rookie year, was the tenth season, and I've just never experienced something like that. Just I don't I don't know. I can't even explain. It, it was so exciting to be a part of, um, well, a dynasty, not a dino. <laughs> <laughs> we called it our decade of dominance, so right. that was amazing. And then the eleventh year in our home pool, because we hosted uh, nationals here at UBC, it was just like the cherry on top. It was great. Cool stuff. And Calgary is the they knocked so they knocked the men and the women off last year. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time I think they'd ever won both championships. Right. So who's the favorite coming into this weekend though? R- Rory, right? Kelly. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. Rory and so we have Kelly and Sam. Sam. Okay. Yeah. Sorry guys. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelly. I'd say the Dinos still as national champion girls and guys are the team to beat, but uh, we're up and coming. Like I said, we got a lot of Dinos on our team. Ex Dinos. Yeah that are uh, really bringing a lot to the table. So I think we're going to give them a run this year. Cool. And what do you swim, Kelly? I swim free, back, fly. So all three. Free, back, fly. What, what is fly exactly? Two arms over. Two Worst arms over. one. Oh, this one? <laughs> that yeah. one. The one where, uh, that looks really hard to do. It's pretty tough. That looks pretty hard <laughs> to do. Sam, what do you do? I'm a breaststroke IMer. So 50, 100, 200 breaststroke and 200 IM. Cool. Yeah. And, and you're a breaststroker too? Yeah, I do 200 breaststroke and 400 IM. Okay. It's farther than you go. 
Yeah, she's tougher than me. <laughs> um, what are some of the strengths of this UBC team? But it, So this is basically a UBC-Calgary matchup we've mm-hmm. got here. Yeah. So how, how do the teams match up? Where do you think Calgary's got their strengths, and where does UBC have their strengths in the men's pool, Kelly? Uh, Calgary likes to rest for the small meets. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're likely going to be a bit more ready to race, but I think we're tougher. We're a young team. Um, we're progressing really quickly, so I think come CIs in a month from now is where we're going to shine. So, uh, Sam, Kelly says Calgary likes to rest during the small meets. What, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, well, uh, like usually in swimming, you train hard all year long, and there are certain meets you taper for. You uh, back off on your training, go a little easier. So uh, Calgary's program usually gets likes to get more up for this can west meet than ubc does we would go through like we're still going to go through hard training this week we're not going to really change tra- change our routine whereas calgary will uh rest more than we would yeah. <laughs> hannah you're nodding on the hard training for oh, UBC i'm just thinking week. about today's workout which nearly killed me well, what, what's today's workout? I, I was tired after going for a 20-minute run today. Uh, today that, that, was 6K, 6K, and 5K of it was breaststroke. That, that, means, five, that means 5K of it was ridiculously hard. It was, <laughs> really, it was one of our hardest sets. Our coach likes to call it the Carnival Festival. There is nothing fun about it. Uh, how many <laughs> laps is a kilometer in a pool? Uh, okay, so 1,000 like meters is 20 40. laps. 40. Wait, 40. 40, <laughs> 40 laps. 40 lengths. 20 laps. As hard as you can go, or is it? Uh, yeah, with the breaststroke coach, <laughs> it's as hard as you can go all the time. And what's this one called? What's this one called? This what, The set we did today was the Carnival Festival. The Carnival Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly, do you have to do the Carnival Festival? Or you, you get out of it, right? <laughs> Kelly could not am, handle the Carnival Festival. I am what you call a sprinter. A sprinter. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> Cool. How uh, how are the relays looking uh, with UBC? So I'm, I'm really. Is this how it's going to be for nationals too? UBC Calgary is that how it's looking? Yep. Toronto's in the mix too, but right. it, it's for the last 10, yeah. 15 years it's been UBC Calgary. I'd say this year, especially Toronto has a really good team, and Laval always has good teams. Sometimes Dalhousie, Alberta has decent teams, but mostly it's a UBC Calgary battle. Cool. Yeah. So what 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 are they going to be though the the prime time matchups? But you're saying, but where I'm I'm gathering it though is you're saying that Calgary's not the way they train. They're not peaking for this weekend, or they are peaking. They are for, peaking. It's oh, so the so sorry guys. So the harder you train, the slower you race at that meet. That <laughs> okay, meet. okay, got it. It's, yeah. it's complicated. It's the opposite of what you'd think. Yeah, but, okay. Uh, yeah, they back off a lot for the, the smaller meets, but uh, I think the big big events are going to be the relays. It really shows the strength of the team, and I think we're actually the team to beat in the relays. Um, we have a really strong group of guys yep. that are set up for that, so that's probably it. And it was was it a few years ago, or when was it, where Calgary just had a whole lot of more swimmers than UBC? Didn't that, that happen? <laughs> that was the year that uh, Kelly and I won on Calgary. We okay. Had, we had a, a team of 18 men, and I think UBC had 13 12. or 12. And so. They, so they basically had no chance kind of against you guys. Well, uh, they had a lot of, they had a lot of <laughs> Olympians, so yeah. they, whenever you have... Olympian in there, it's always yeah. a race, but they had a lot of talented swimmers. Right. How are the numbers stacking up, though, with the, the two teams? Uh, this year, we have a full team of 18 guys qualified for CIs, the Nationals, and so does Calgary, I'm pretty sure. And, and same for girls, we have 18. Same for the girls. Okay. Yeah. So, Hannah, um, the women, how do you guys stack up against Calgary? Uh, it's good. 
looking actually really good this year. Last year when we won Can West, it was kind of out of the blue. Nobody expected it from us because we were a pretty we were a very young team. We had 10 rookies last year and we only had 18 girls on the team. So all the senior girls had kind of left the year before. So it's going to be an interesting like it's going to be really exciting this weekend because now that they've seen that they can't underestimate us because we'll just come out of nowhere and get to <laughs> Um, and we have a lot of depth like, added. We had a lot of depth added to the team this year. We were kind of lacking on sprint freestyle, and that's where Calgary would really um, catch up and get ahead in points. But this year, two of our recruits are national team members, and one is a junior national team member, so it'll be good. <laughs> so who are some of the stars on the UBC women's swim team? Uh, some of the stars are Martha McCabe. She's a fourth year, and she is a member of the national team. She went to Worlds for... 200 breaststroke and actually at short course worlds in Dubai in December she placed fifth in the final so that was awesome and then we also have Savannah King a member of the 2008 Olympic team as well as the 2010 Pan Pacific Championships and 2009 World Championships oh, wow. she's kind of been around yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we also have Heather McLean and she was a 2009 World Championships team member it's quite a lot, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a lot. Um, and Kelly, for the men's team, who are some of the stars here? Um, we have a pretty young group right now, but uh, Tommy Goslin, Roy Biskupski, myself, we've made some B teams, um, kind of up and coming. Um, there's a lot of young guys that are coming up, going to be really fast, a lot of guys looking for the breakout swims, so should be good. Any Olympians on the team, Sam, or...? Uh, no, uh, I'd say our team is more of a, we don't have so many superstars so much right. as that we're just a really deep team. There's, we don't have any weak links, but, uh, yeah, I guess just strength in numbers is kind of our team philosophy. Cool. And Hannah, what about, so the women, there are some players who, some swimmers who we might see in London, hey? Mm, oh, yes, definitely. Um, oh, there's lots. And also, we're a year out of the Olympics. Anything can happen in a year with people just kind of hitting their peak and getting kind of figuring it out in the water. So right. some definite prospects would be Martha McCabe, uh, Savannah King again, Heather McLean, Fanula Pierce. <laughs> oh, your, your other sister. My, right? my, yeah, one of my other younger sisters. Yeah, there's like 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> what are, I heard there's four, there's four of you? Or is there... Well, there's five girls. Five girls. Uh, Four currently out here at UBC. One of them is redshirting this year because she's been sick, but uh, she was on the team for the past two years. Do you guys get along? Oh, yeah. We're really good <laughs> friends. Well, we get along most of the time. <laughs> cool, cool, cool stuff, cool stuff. So, um, Sam, tell us about your event this weekend and who's the competition? Uh, well, I'd say the 200 breaststroke is my best event, and uh, my main competition, probably Jason Block from Calgary, who's a uh, a good friend of mine, a guy I used to train with every day in Calgary, so it's always uh, fun to race him. And, and you say he's a rock star, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> he's just awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, Kelly, your, your competition here. Um, there's a couple rookies, actually, on the Calgary team that'll probably be the main competition. Yeah. Um, they should be rested. They should be ready to go, so it'll be fun trying to beat them for first place and set up for CIs. So is it hard, though, when you know your racing guys you know are, a.k.a., more peaking for this event than you are? Uh, it's nice because you can get in there, beat them, and know that you have a lot more in the tank for the next meet. So it's actually a, a confidence booster. A positive way of looking at it. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, how are you looking for your competition? 
Um, it should be good. I, as well, I'm in pretty hard training, and um, basically for this weekend, it's not about times. It's just really about getting your hand on the wall first and see what you can do in training. What does that mean? Just do the best you can, basically. Yeah, do, well, yeah, do the best you can, but just kind of when it comes down to the finishes, just like, I'm going to say, put your head down and get your hand on the wall. That's yeah. a typical swimmer answer. It just means you got to be tough. You might not feel the best this week because you're not peaking. It just means you got to be tough. That Even if you don't feel good, you got to, you just have to find a way to win no matter how you feel on that day. Cool. So we've got 18 on each team. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. yeah. And Calgary's about the same. Yep. Yeah. So it's just going to be a head-to-head. A head-on competition. Who's favored this weekend, Kelly, on the men's side? It's Calgary. Calgary's favored? Um, yeah. You agree with that, Sam? We're favored to upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it? What do they have over you? That's sort of what I'm trying to gather here. Just a more experienced team? Is that it? Or um, they, They've been putting together, they recruited really hard the last few years, and They've got a lot of good young talent that's come up, and um, they've been kind of trying to take over that spree of that UBC had on that 10-year run, trying to make their own. But uh, UBC started doing the same, recruiting hard, getting some new guys, and up and coming. So hopefully we can end their good. short spree. And for you guys, extra sweet against your old team. Hey, oh. old, lots of old teammates. And- yeah, and uh, the CIs, the Nationals meet, is actually in Calgary, so... Uh, I think Kelly and I fantasize about every day what it would be like to beat our old team in that Calgary pool. So, yeah. yeah. Oh. Are you guys? Where are you guys from? I'm from the island, so I'm actually okay. local almost. I'm from Regina, Saskatchewan. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just gotta get out of there to come swim, though. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, Hannah. Who's favored uh, in the women? You guys are Calgary. Uh, I'd say Calgary, but then again, last year nobody expected us to win, and we just showed up on the day and did what we. <laughs> cool. And uh, Hannah, who's the UBC pl- swimmer you think to keep an eye on? Not one of the favorites, but to keep an eye on here this weekend. Hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> Hannah Pierce. <laughs> that's you. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I think so. Um, I guess our rookie girls, um, because they're kind of just up and coming. I'd say actually Fanula Pierce, because she's kind of not quite been in the mix but this past year she's been training really hard and just kind of hitting her stride in the water so yeah i'd say watch out for her <laughs> and kelly with the men um i'd say rory and tommy they're kind of on the cusp for making those bigger teams like the olympics world so if they if they get on it then they're going to be right there cool and um hannah you're you're the you, you, i'll just back to your sister she, her pictures are everywhere hey what does she think of that big? Her. What does she think of that big one on on the ward gym? Oh, she hates. <laughs> it. It's the weirdest picture ever. You don't smile when you swim, and her mouth is closed, and it just—it's really awkward. Wait, but it's like that's like what is it like eighty feet or something? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's pretty awesome that she has a huge like billboard on the side of a building, but at the same time, she's like, really, they picked that picture to put up. <laughs> she wasn't wondering if she's smiling or no. Like... She is kind of smirking in the picture if you look right. at it. That's not how you swim. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, Sam, did you have a favorite swimmer growing up? Any inspiration or anything like that? Or? Uh, yeah, when I was younger, I used to watch the Olympics. Uh, Kazuki Kitajima from Japan is probably my favorite swimmer. And I actually, I got to race him once in a meet in Seattle, so that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. He's a badass? Oh, he's just awesome. Um, We were at a meet in Europe last year, and he has, like, a handler, and he's just, he has cameras that follow him everywhere. He's He's a superstar in Japan. (laughs) He is a reality TV show. He's just 
awesome. Really? Yeah. How's his TV show? Have you watched it? I've I've never no. seen his TV show. <laughs> Just the fact that he has one. He's got a reality TV show and a handler. Yes. It's like if you think Michael Phelps is big in the swimming world in Japan, Kitajima is like, you know, unbelievable, yeah. like celebrity. He's sponsored by Coca-Cola. Who's the Who's the Australian <laughs> who ended up doing like? Oh, Ian Thorpe. Uh, yeah. What, what did he end up doing? It was like. He sort of like does like TV down there, doesn't he? Or uh, oh, I think he's I think he's on a soap opera or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or did he, does he judge? Comeback. I think he judges like one of their dance competition shows. Oh, he does like, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he's big time down there. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, who are you rooting for? Who's who's one of your idols growing up with swimming? Um, it's sad to say, but probably Phelps. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's done more for the sport than anyone else. He's eight-time Olympic gold medalist. I've come actually come second to him before when I was younger. So you've raced, you raced him. I've raced him head to head. I've actually talked smack to him behind the box. <laughs> Sixteen years old, down in Michigan, I, I told him I was going to catch him on the end relay. I didn't quite catch him. Didn't come close. But uh, it's kind of fun to say that. Well, well, what is he like per, as a person? What's his reputation? Um, he's tough, hard trainer. He deserves what he gets, I think. Yeah. But uh, he wasn't too happy with me. He didn't come to <laughs> Good I guess you. he took me seriously. <laughs> Good for you. I think you got a bum deal with that whole suspension and get got caught with the bong making an exa- They kind of made an example out of him, didn't they? Yeah, he, he in terms of swimming, he didn't get that much. He got suspended for a little bit, but he probably should be a bit smarter if he's going to goof around like that. I heard he got suspended, though, for parts that he wasn't even going to be swimming anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Was that what it was? They just kind of... They they just did it so they could say they did it. But it was a symbol. on the wrist. Yeah, yeah. 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 Symbolic punishment. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, you're idle. Um, well, I guess growing up it's always actually being my sister. <laughs> but uh, That's pretty cheesy. I know. I know it sounds terrible. I think I even wrote like a paper on it in elementary school on how I wanted to be like my big sister. But um, I'd say uh, Marianne Limpert. She's an ex-Canadian Olympian, and she was just... I don't know, she was always around, and even when I meet her now, I'm like, oh my god, I'm talking to Marianne Limpert, and <laughs> she's just kind of awesome. Cool, and then um, it was the women, though. What, what ha- are, are they still good? It was the women where the Chinese, they kind of came out of nowhere, like, was it like eight, nine years ago? Oh, yeah, that would have been, oh, that would have been Atlanta, 96. Yeah. yeah. Are they are they good now, or? Oh, yeah, they're really oh, good. Yeah. Although it's still kind of, they're still kind of, like, suspicious at the last little, Olympics, there was this girl who no one even heard of. I think she was entered with no time, and then all of a sudden, she wins the Olympic final in a world record time. You're like, where did you come from? <laughs> I've never heard your name before. So, I don't know. There was a story I was told. I think it was Brian John told me, uh, somebody he knew. Um, they, they, they heard her. They were in the women's locker room. It was a female swimmer. I, I don't know the name. And she heard... Uh, a guy talking, a really deep voice, and she had the broad shoulders, and turned out it was a. <laughs> she, yeah, she thought she story. she thought she was a, yeah, okay. So I heard that one right, eh? <laughs> I heard that one right. Well, it could be just one of those like rumors circling around, but yeah, I've heard that one. There you go. Um, so Michael Phelps, we have. Yep. As an idol, your sister, <laughs> and a rock star Japanese guy. What was his yeah. name again? Kitajima. Kitajima. Yeah. Okay. Google it. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Cool stuff. All right, guys. Well, best of luck this weekend. Kelly, thank Thank you so much. much. Sam, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Hannah. Thank you. I got it. Well, the the problem is, so it's close. Too many pierces. Yeah. Yeah. No, the first name is too close. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The first name is too close. Anyways, thanks, guys. Uh, Very much appreciated, and best of luck 
on uh, the weekend here. So, how many races are you swimming there, Hannah? Five. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly? Uh, seven. Really? That's a lie. <laughs> oh, relays. Yeah, yeah, relays. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm one of the tougher guys on the team. And Sam, what are you doing? Uh, five or six. Five yeah. or six. He doesn't know. Yeah. No, he's not that tough. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Awesome, guys. Thank you very much for doing this. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a break. When we're back, Jordan White, uh, UBC Thunderbird hockey goalie. You're listening to 101.9 FM. Bond. James Bond. You got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? You talking to me? You talking to me? I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, I am. Plastics. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Just a sweet transvestite. Come, trans. Where else can you see Hollywood blockbusters, midnight cult classics, indie films, live music, burlesque, stand-up comedy, poetry slams, and live sporting events all at your local theater? The Rio Theater voted number one in East Vancouver, your neighborhood indie theater that promotes all things cool. Be sure to check out Tron Legacy playing through January 13th. The Green Hornet, beginning January 13th and playing until January 27th, and a special midnight screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show on January 28th. For more information, go to riotheater.ca. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Thunderbird Eye here on 101.9 FM. Well, there was a really big moment um, here for UBC Thunderbird athletes on uh, Thursday last week. Um, I don't know if you've heard the story, but Jordan White, uh, starting goalie for the UBC Thunderbird men's hockey team, Got a call, and Turo Nidamaki hurt for the San Jose Sharks. And before you know it, Jordan White finds himself backing up um, Nyemi, and uh, whatever his first name is, a starting goalie for San Jose, who actually won the Stanley Cup last year. And it was a crazy story. Of course, two, back in 2003, Chris Levesque, um, UBC Thunderbird goalie at that time, got called in. He backed up Johan Hedberg for the Canucks here in Vancouver against the Penguins. I was actually at that game. And um, so Jordan White gets the backup, the San Jose Sharks, on Thursday. And what else does he do last week, which was a crazy story. And what else does he do last week? He leads UBC to a sweep on Friday and Saturday over the Regina Cougars. Um, What a weekend. Uh, Without further ado, here is my interview with Jordan White, UBC Thunderbird starting goaltender. Let's hit record. All right, let's just start. Okay, in three, two, and one. Okay, here I am with Jordan White, uh, starting goalie for UBC Thunderbirds. And, of course, for all you hockey fans out there, the National Hockey League, uh, it was just on last Thursday, Jordan White backing up the San Jose Sharks uh, versus the Vancouver Canucks at GM Place. Jordan, we know the story of what happened, of how that occurred, but looking back, how crazy of a weekend, how crazy of a night was that? It was pretty exhilarating, you know, like it's, 
that's pretty much what I want to say to explain it all. You know, it's just something that it's hard to kind of fathom. And like you look back and you go to sleep at night, and it's been pretty exciting. And we had our own two games that happened on Friday, Saturday, and we won both of those. So it's been a pretty awesome weekend for myself. And Jordan, what about the media attention? The amount of interviews you had to do uh, on that Friday? How how nuts was that? Have you ever even come close to experiencing anything like that before? Uh, back in junior, you know, like there would be like a radio interview here or there or like the odd newspaper or some stuff like that. But having the TV cameras down at the rink was the first for me, and I <laughs> found that pretty exciting. And uh, looking back, can you tell me some of the San Jose Sharks players that were extraordinary kind of Jordan White? Uh, who stuck out in that experience? Uh, their leadership core, you know, with like Dan Boyle and Joe Thornton, those guys are definitely some like the, the fun guys to hang out with on the team. And they have some really cool young players like Logan Couture yeah. and Jeff McCarthy, who are really easy to hang out with. We just played some soccer before just to chill and get loose, and that was probably some of my best times there. So you got to play a little soccer with the San Jose Sharks, eh? Yeah, that's a, uh, for a little pregame warm-up, yeah. Uh, you got to keep the uniform. Uh, yeah, I got, I got my jersey, yeah. It's hanging up in my room right now. <laughs> That's beautiful stuff. And was there any uh, high point from the warm-up that you remember? Any great save you made off of, say, a Danny Heatley or anything like that? Uh, no big saves. You know, I just more so trying to stop a couple, you know. Like, I think they were trying to be nice. You know, they shot a couple into my pads and stuff. And then occasionally they kind of just, like, stepped it up to warm themselves up and picked a few corners. But I can't really say that. You know, the warm-up was something that I – the saves or something I don't remember. It was just the whole experience being out there is something that, that I'll have for me for sure. Awesome. And was there ever that thought that, because of course it almost happened to Chris Levesque a few years ago with Johan Hedberg, was there ever a thought that you were almost going to get into that game? Did that ever go through your mind? Uh, there's a one quick little moment when Burroughs toppled on Miami there, but he bounced up pretty quickly, so I wasn't really too nervous when I saw that. But other than that, no, you know, the, the game was pretty tight, and so there wasn't there wasn't any big blow-up like in the Canucks game yesterday yeah. where they needed to relieve him. So I'm fortunate for them. They didn't really need to put me in. But, oh, come on now. But I, but I would have definitely hopped on the opportunity if it would have rose. It would have been pretty fun. <laughs> there you go. And, well, what's it like, last thing here, what's it like on an NHL bench during a shootout and during an overtime? What's that like? Is it uh, similar to a UBC, or is it? what's it like? It, it's kind of the same thing. Well, usually well, this year, at least in shootouts, I've been in the net, so I haven't seen really what the bench is like. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh... Everyone's just excited, you know. It's nerve fact, everyone's standing up or leaning over the boards, you know. And when the Canucks don't score, there's guys chirping and talking trash to the other guys, and it just was great to be to be there. Cool. So you got to hear a little. You got any trash talk memory you can give my way, or? Yeah, but I don't know. It'll be appropriate for the radio. Oh, go for it! Go for it! <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> Damn, damn. Uh, Jordan, back onto your guys' hockey game uh, on the two games on the weekend. You guys, of course, are fighting for a playoff spot. You're currently in fifth place, but you're only two points out of second place. Eight games to go. Uh, basically, you're playing the bottom team in the league, still a very tough Regina team, and a hard-fought sweep versus them on the weekend, hey? Yeah, that's pretty much as I could have said. Like, they're at the bottom, but our standards are so tight, you know, and, like, they they played us really hard to pack in their rink as well, and they took us to overtime the second game and all the way to a shootout, and fortunate for us that uh, we were able to get all four points because we needed them for sure. 
Jordan, and on the Friday, you guys got out to the early. I think it was a 3 nothing lead, and they got it down to one goal a couple times, but you were able to hang on. Did the team, what went wrong in that little time frame where it was 3 nothing, and then it was 3-2 at one point in the second? They got it to the one-goal deficit in the third. Uh, they got a, they made a couple of good plays and scored some goals, but we took some penalties, which kind of got us into trouble, um, which wasn't really didn't put us in a good place. But like we took a, we took a couple five on threes and then five on four, and then made and another one to make a five on four going to the third, like late in the third period. But we battled hard, you know. They're like like they're a strong team, even though their their points don't really show too well. But they they really battled for the entire game. But we were luckily that we had some tenacity and some determination to ha- to win. So. Uh, the final play on the shootout on the Saturday, your former teammate Theron Yo got the shot for Regina and you stopped him. Yeah, you know, like usually when you like, when you go to the bench for the show, you try to ask the guys, you know, who 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 knows their moves, you know, who do you think would come up? And I remember going against Josie last year. You know, he's more of a shooter than a D. Can they love to put it low blocker? So I just came out a little extra far and like tried tried to take take that shot away. And fortunate for me, he put it into my pads. <laughs> he took a lot of shots at you on the weekend, there and Yo, hey. Yeah, I think he wanted to try to prove to his old club, to his buddies, that, you know, he left for a good reason. Um, and uh, a guy who played, I thought, real well for you, he ended up getting some penalties, but definitely got under their skin. Mike Leambus for you guys had three points on the Friday. Yeah, you know, Mike's a contributor every single night. You know, if it's on the scoreboard, it's definitely in, like, the intimidation factor. Like, he loves to play the body. He has a physical presence out there, and that's something that we need, you know, especially when they're back-to-back games. You know, if you can get on them physically and pound them into the wall, it it really wears them down. And uh, another guy who had a big game for you, he had a goal on the Friday, the only goal on the Saturday, and then he got the shootout winner. Uh, He's basically a third or even a fourth-line guy. Brennan Sawney with the big weekend for you. Yeah, Brennan Sonny stepped up huge. You know, he was he had broke his leg before Christmas, so he was, was rehabbing. And I only I think this might only have been in his like fourth game back and scoring that first goal in the first period, and then for us to be able to take it all the way to the shield and have him be the guy to cap it off with a nice little five-hole goal was definitely something that we needed. And as a team right now, you guys seem to be is it you guys seem to be gelling as a unit right now. Am I correct to see that? Uh, there's definitely a lot of commodity, you know, if it's at the rink or just out, you know, just like out on the town or in classes, you know, a lot of us share classes together. So it's easy to get to know each other and stuff like that. And it's just fun to come come to the rink and play hockey. Right, good stuff. And uh, big series this weekend. You got six games to go now. It's going to be tough. Or eight games to go, I believe. Yeah, it's eight games to go uh, the rest of the way, but a big series versus a team who's just behind you guys in the standings, Lethbridge. I mean, three, maybe four points might again be necessary this weekend. Yeah, we're definitely to look to hopefully take take away four points. When we went into there before Christmas, you know they were they t- they took three off of us. No, sorry, they took four from us. So we got to go in there and steal some points from them. You know, like you said, the standings are really tight, so every game is really important. And we got a nice little long bus ride to get us there, but <laughs> but we'll we'll hopefully be fresh to be able to beat some pronghorns. There's there's no plane. You don't take a plane to Calgary or anything like that. You just. No, it's uh, budget reasons. They don't. They don't want to give us too much cash to fly and bus. <laughs> <laughs> like the junior days, hey? Like the junior days? Yeah, back to like the junior days. Exactly. Uh, there you go, Jordan. Jordan, what's the key to taking on Lethbridge this weekend? 
Uh, we have to have a good start. You know, we, we can't get fall behind the eight ball. I think if we have good first periods and and just stay focused to the, the whole the whole game. You know, there's that whole like uh, cliche, you know, battle for 60 minutes, but it's really important. You know, we gotta have everyone contributing, myself from our D, myself included, and then from our decor back to our forwards. We just gotta be able to have some timely goals and some clutch plays when the time's needed. Awesome, Jordan, right with us. Jordan, thank you so much for doing this today and. Uh... I don't know who the Canucks are playing on Thursday, but maybe you'll get another call again this week, eh? We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you. It was uh, Jordan White, of course, a backup goalie for the San Jose Sharks on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, took UBC, actually. What a week he had. He took UBC to wins on the Friday and the Saturday. So not a bad time. All right, everybody, that is all um, for our show today. Um, start a little late, no worries. Um, George Chevallo, you're willing to start late for George Chevallo. Um, that's it. I'm done. Uh, Mike with Flex Your Head is coming up right now. Hi, Mike. That's it for me. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Now you're looking at a man that's getting kind of mad. I had a lot to look, but it's all been bad. No matter how struggle and strive, I'll never get out of this world alive. My fishing pole's broke, the creek is full of sand. Run away with another man No matter